The parish likes to, to look at kind of the bigger picture. A priest is an altar priest. They just go, go, go. In the zeal full of Jesus Christ. There is compassion for poor people. And it has this beautiful historic church. Heaven coming down to earth. Thanks be to God. From the Rome of the West, this is the Catholic Gateway Podcast. Your audio gateway into the Archdiocese of St. Louis. On each episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast, we'll tell the stories about the interesting people, places, and events that make up the Archdiocese of St. Louis. We'll also give an update on Catholic news, courtesy of the reporters from the St. Louis Review and Catholic St. Louis Magazine, the official publications of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. So with trust in the Holy Spirit, let's begin. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast. I'm your host, Gabe Jones, doing something a little different this time. Um, it's not carpool karaoke, but I don't think you want to hear me or my guests sing. But uh, we're, we're, uh, I'm with Father Joe Krupp from the Diocese of Lansing. And uh, he's here in town in St. Louis to uh, give the keynote address at the, uh, the Catholic STL Communications Colloquium. So, Father, thank you much, so much for coming on the podcast and coming to St. Louis. Oh, I'm fired up to be here. Great. Thank you. You're like, you. what, what do you think of St. Louis so far? Well, the construction, I'm from Michigan. The construction <laughs> here on the road looks very yeah. similar. Uh, but what a great city. My gosh. And I just found out, uh, courtesy of you, that the ice cream cone was invented yeah. here, which uh, I got to tell you, it moves me to tears to just think about. So, <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. I wish we had a little more time. We'd go stop and get you one of those right. ice cream I think cones. that's a Jesus <laughs> Yeah. Well, so we're, um, we're excited to have you give the keynote address at our communications colloquium today. Um, you uh, have experience in this area in, sure. in terms of communications and, and, and kind of being out there on the the front line, so to speak, uh, in this uh, in this battle we wage daily, you know, uh, trying to spread the truth. So, um, what uh, what can we look forward to hearing at the uh, at the conference today? Well, uh, I'm going to focus on uh, the idea of rooting all of our communications, whether they be no kidding, literally something as simple as an email, uh, to a tweet, to a uh, address, focusing on. Uh, making Jesus clear through it. Even if it's just the passing of information, the way we can do it, there's a way we as lovers of Jesus are to communicate uh, by uh, spreading hope and joy. And uh, I'm going to go on and on about it. Well, and there's definitely, um, like we were talking about earlier, that sense that you know now we kind of understand, I think, that there are all these ways to communicate out there, Absolutely. but really forming our hearts and our minds to be yeah. able to communicate and use those mediums is important, yeah. right? I think one of the keys to me, and I, I, I'll never forget this, I, Dr. Peter Kraft is one of my favorite human beings, and he was given a talk, and he, and he said a very powerful thing. He said, the only reason we're not saints is because we don't want to be. Mm. And I was so challenged by that. Yeah. And I keep trying whatever I'm doing, and good Lord, you'll hear it at the talk today, that it all comes down to we have to exercise the spiritual, mental, and emotional discipline required to be saints. Right. And if we are saints communicating, then it's Christ we communicate, which is better than anything we can come up with. Amen. <laughs> I do that sometimes, you know, in, in my role with 
communications with the Archdiocese. Sure. Sometimes, you know, I, I get weird phone calls or oh, yeah. calls from the media, and you really do have to stop and pause and say, you know, Holy Spirit, guide yes. my words, you know, make, make me an instrument of, you know, the gospel here yes. and be able to communicate the truth effectively. So that's great. One of the things that one of my parishes that I just love is when I pick up the gospel book and process over to the Ambo to uh, uh, preach. Uh, the first thing I see when I turn toward the Ambo is this gargantuan statue of our Blessed Mother. And so while I'm walking toward uh, the Ambo, I'm walking toward her. And I always pray, I'm not kidding, every Mass, brother, Blessed Mother, help me to give birth to Jesus. Help me to give birth to Jesus. Right? That, that yeah. the words I speak are Christ's words, uh, not mine. You're not the first priest on this podcast to have said that. Get out. <laughs> help these well, words to be. Me, yeah, okay. Just so okay. You know, yeah, I, I get a quarter every yeah. time someone right. references that. Now, so. you um, uh, have some, like I said, I should have kind of given your background in the beginning, but uh, you write a, a public uh, an article or a column for yeah. faith publications. Yeah. And that appears, you said, uh, in two million households yeah, across God the U.S. Us. Yeah. Uh, and faith. Uh, publications is the, the publisher of Catholic St. Louis magazine mm -hmm. here in St. Louis. So um, what sorts of, for maybe those who haven't read your columns and, sure. and don't know, what sorts of practical advice do you give in those uh, those columns? It's called In the Know with Father Joe, right? Yeah, That's the name of in it? In the Know with Father Joe, a, a beautiful woman uh, at my first parish named it. It was my bulletin <laughs> article. And uh, she named it In the Know with Father Joe, <laughs> and we stuck with it. She's with the Lord now, but uh, I always think of her um, when, I, when you say that. Yeah. So I, anyway, I get... Uh, a crazy amount of questions, and they're 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 uh, range in topics. Like uh, a lot of people got stuck when we switched over in 2011 mm -hmm. to uh, the different translation. Right, right. So I got a lot of questions about that. For example, I still get questions about the Da Vinci Code. I can't. Oh my goodness! Um, it's been a decade. I oh think, my so. lord! Yeah. <laughs> I get questions about how to handle conflict, uh, how to serve Christ, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, my editor uh, teases me about this. Almost everyone, I always say, well, first, you got to pray. <laughs> and uh, that is a common theme in all of them. Whatever the problem, Jesus is the answer, and you're not going to get it from uh, me any better than you would from him, you know. And uh, that's definitely a theme in there. And and the idea of, I never say this well, but of, of letting ourselves be made small and vulnerable. Um, that, you know, God chose to be born as a baby and there's such a powerful message in there um, that we keep trying to be mighty and strong and right. And uh, there is in society such a shock at a priest or a, a human will voluntarily make themselves small and you know it leads to crucifixion yeah. uh, but man that's that's where it's at as painful as that kind of decision is what it leads to is so glorious and um, it ends up being a powerful witness to people that you're willing to suffer um, I hit that idea a lot in yeah. the articles. Well, that's kind of the, what we can all take to heart a little bit when it when it comes to using social media, interactions with other people right. in person, on the phone, anytime, or, or like you and your columns. Maybe. 
humility, really, is Amen. what it, I mean, it's, it's knowing that the world doesn't Amen. revolve around you. Amen. But I just, someone wrote me one about that big terrorist attack in Paris, and it was so many of these, I just got a million emails, they were basically, help, what do we do? And, and I said, if you get on your Twitter account, I actually wrote this to a few people, everybody who used those dead bodies as evidence for how right they are, stop following them, right? Um, humans are not political or religious capital for us to exploit and show our rightness. Um, and that, that you know, uh, requires so much humility to look at the Facebook and, 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 and Twitter and think, it doesn't need my opinion. Right. There's a ton of opinion out there. <laughs> um, it needs Christ. Overwhelming in some ways. Oh, amen, so. brother. Yeah, amen. so we have to be that light of Christ. So... Um, we're uh, we're almost to our destination, okay. so I don't want to I don't want to keep you uh, too much longer. But um, you you wrote a book as well. I mean, yeah. you, you took your columns, us. I guess, and put it into a yep. into a book. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit and where sure. people might be able to find that? Uh, the book is called Smart Answers and Bad Jokes from a Priest Who Proves God Has a Sense of Humor, <laughs> and uh, it's um, I think at least eight years of answers to questions. And as you see, if you take a peek at the book, the questions are so diverse and so, uh, some of them are very base level and some of them are, are kind of complex questions. And so uh, my editor, bless her beautiful soul, she, she is shaving time off Perg every time <laughs> she works with me. Uh, but she went and bundled them into groups and categories. So it's not a book you gotta start at the beginning and muscle through. Uh, uh, you can look for questions that interest you or not. Wow. Any uh, any bad jokes come to mind from that from that book? Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I, this is terrible. I don't know if this will be fun, but my my second article, uh, I started it off with a letter, uh, and that was going to be the pattern back then. Put the whole letter in that asked the question, and it was, uh, "Dear stupid, uh, I hate your column." <laughs> Sincerely, Mom. And I thought it was the funniest thing. And I'll tell you what, my poor mom, uh, people were like, I can't believe you wrote that. And of course, she didn't. I, I'm an idiot. But uh, that was that was my first attempt to lob a you know, comical grenade into the mix. Uh, and ever since then, they double-check all my jokes. Oh, that's yeah, good. That's that's good. I, I was scanning through a little portion of your book last night, and the yeah. one... Uh, the one about the um, oh the school that put in their parish bulletin the thing about um, we're we're gonna clobber Christ the King because yes. <laughs> it was, oh a, it was an advertisement yeah. for a, for an upcoming basketball game yeah <laughs> come watch our boys beat Christ the King right. tonight yeah. I, I people send me these things and what was the one I put in there a guy ran into the doctor's office this is my favorite guy ran into the doctor's office all in a panic doctor you gotta help me I'm physically shrinking. And the doctor said, I need you to be a little patient. <laughs> yeah, it's bad, brother. It's bad. And I'd apologize, but there's no contrition there's, here. Yeah, yeah no. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you'll get more like that in, yeah. uh, in, in Father Krupp's book. People can find that online, Amazon.com. Yep, Amazon's and, got it. Uh, we did sell out the printing, so um, we we don't have any from our publisher, but Amazon, last I knew, had a bunch of them. Okay, great. Well, Father, we, we've arrived at the Cardinal Regali yeah. Center. You're here just in time for your uh, your the lunch and keynote address with uh, uh, at the Communications Colloquium, so yeah. we'll look forward to hearing from you. And uh, we might even include some clips from your talk in this podcast. All so. right. 
We'll see. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's no been fun. a joy. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Bless you, brother. At this point in the podcast, you're used to hearing from reporters with the St. Louis Review about stories they've been working on or have recently published in the paper. But instead of that, as you just heard, uh, Father Joe Krupp was in town to deliver the keynote address at the Catholic STL Communications Colloquium, which took place on Tuesday, September 27th. So now we're going to bring you a portion of that keynote address. We'll be posting the full keynote address later, and you'll be able to hear the full thing. So I hope you enjoy this talk given by Father Joe Krupp at the Catholic STL Communications Colloquium on Tuesday, September 27th. I want to start off by telling you about uh, something that happened at my ordination. It was uh, June 13th, 1998, and I was ordained with two other guys, and uh, it was very, obviously, the best day of my life. I feel bad for Jesus, but he allowed it. So uh, there's the part in the ordination where you lay face down on the ground, total surrender, and they began playing the litany of the saints. And it was such an extraordinary moment, I can't tell you. Uh, I, I felt it in my DNA that this was an incredible and defining moment. And then I realized something that uh, was very important, that clearly either the morning of the night or the night before, someone had cleaned the carpets. And <laughs> I was breathing in whatever the gasoline they use to uh, clean carpets. And it was pretty pretty powerful, and I start coughing, and the guy next to me, <coughs> we all start, and the three of us are laying there, breathing in carpet cleaning fumes in this incredible, uh, sacred moment, and uh, that's my talk. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but it's, thank you, this was really hard, uh, I worked hard on this. Later, when I told my oldest sister about it, she said, well, I assume that's going to be like an experience of ministry, uh, these incredible, uh, deeply spiritual moments wrapped up in very human ones, uh, that, that combination of the incredibly sacred moment and the smell of carpet cleaner. And for you who have chosen to communicate Christ's truth to the world, I think that can often be your experience, uh, sending out something eternal and beautiful uh, into a world that likes noise and is surrounded with this smell, that, that disorients, that, that can uh, try to block us from experiencing Christ. It's not our message that lacks because that means Christ would be lacking. Uh, the issue is and always will be us. I think of G.K. Chesterton who uh, won an essay contest when he was asked to answer the question, what's wrong with the world, and his entire essay was two words, I am. Uh, you and I are what's wrong with the world. We are sinners. We are broken people. We have need of a Savior, so thank God we have one. How do we, as God's people, communicate the truth and the beauty and the light that he offers us to a world that is filled with noise and, and anger? It seems to me there's a couple principles that we have to remember in our communication and in the way we go. When we look at the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said, you are salt of the earth. He did not say you can be or you should be. And Jesus even uses the image, what if salt loses its flavor? With what can it be seasoned? 
So when I read that, I wondered, well, what will make salt lose its flavor? And I was, um, I was at Michigan State University where Jesus went to school. Uh, it's in the Bible. Uh, I was serving as chaplain there, and so I wrote uh, one of my parishioners in the chemistry department, and I said, how does salt lose its flavor? And this is the email he wrote back. Father, salt has its taste. It holds its taste. It's a mineral, so it stays forever. You can mix it with anything and eat it, but in the end, you still get the salt taste. I like this one. I recall eating sea rations in 1973 that were boxed in 1943. Each box contained a package of salt, and after 30 years, it still tasted like salt. For salt to lose its saltiness, a chemical action has to occur that renders it no longer salt. In short, for salt to lose its taste, it has to stop being salt. You and I, as messengers of God, we, we have a message that is Christ, but we're each individual and unique. We have our own past. We have our own personalities. We have things that make sense to us that don't make sense to others. And it is this filter that we are supposed to be, but we can't be too good of a filter. The best image to me is a stained glass window. Uh, at my, one of my parishes, we restored all the stained glass windows there, and it's a stunning thing to see the light shine through them. Christ is the light, and you and I are the individual windows. We're not the same. We are different, but his light is to shine through us in a specific way. You are salt of the earth. You are who God called, not a future version of you, not a past version of you. You are who God called, and his light will and must shine through you. This is how we be the salt that we are, our personality with the light of God's truth. The problem is, uh, for many of us, certainly not me, I'm, I'm the humblest person I know, it was kind of funny, really. I, I'm working on a book. It's called Humility and How It Made Me Great. I'm sure it'll be a bestseller. For many of us, there's a little too much of us in there and a little too little of Christ, that what comes out is our fear, our anger, and that is not Christ. Christ's most common phrase is, be not afraid. And if you and I witness to Christ, if it's Christ shining through us, not us through Christ, then our communications will become clearer and more clear to others a thing that they need. When I was at seminary, uh, we had a professor who told us a line that I've never forgotten. He said, humans are the only things God made on earth that experience joy and hope. So anything that taps into those two is the highest thing we can do. Our communications need to express hope to the world, need to express Christ to the world. Hope is not optimism. Optimism is something you and I make, and it's cute and everything. But hope is a virtue that God instills in us. <clears throat> and we can communicate that hope despite our circumstances or situations. And if we do it, it will have a profound effect. Too often... I would help a young man or woman at MSU begin the first steps of their faith, and they would do what college students do. They'd get on the internet and type in Catholic. 
and they'd begin scouring around looking for Catholic blogs and for Catholic articles. And about 60% of the time, they came away from it angry and scared. That which is being pushed as Catholic is often an effort to frighten us or to anger us. And that has nothing to do with Christ. When our fear becomes the defining message that people hear, then we have filtered Christ out instead of filtering through. It's very important that before we send any message out into the world, we ask ourselves if this is from Christ or if this is reflective of our fears and our sin. It is a big challenge. It is a brutal challenge. But it's one that we have to partake in because the message is that good. You can look over and over in the Catholic internet and find all kinds of people yelling at others for their culture, the culture they did not create. Most Americans, we are yelling at them for the water they swim in and they don't know they're in water. We can't chastise people for a culture they didn't create. We can show them the light and the beauty of the culture that Christ offers. One of the parishes I'm at is way out in the sticks. I'm actually at the border of Ohio, and um, I have a lot of jokes about that, and I'm not going to do it. But here's the thing. If I want to give someone directions to Sacred Heart Church in Hudson, Michigan, I do not tell them where not to go. I don't tell them, don't take this road, don't take that road. If you see that road, good God, don't turn right. I tell them where the church is. And too often, our messages are, don't do this, it's not there. Instead of telling people, this is Jesus Christ. I am desperately in love with him, and that love has transformed my life. This is what people need to know. This is what our communications need to make clear. I want to introduce you to Christ. For you and I, who are sinners... There is no better medicine than to reflect on what it is to be loved by love itself. To share how that love has transformed us instead of saying to the culture at large, you're doing it wrong, stop. If we try to convince people of Christ's truth without introducing them first to Christ, at best, we'll get a lot of obedient people who are not in love with Jesus. The deeper reality that we need to communicate every time we communicate is that Christ is in love with them and that loving him in return will transform their lives and priorities. It involves an act of faith on our part, faith that Jesus is right. And if we can introduce them to Christ, then they'll come to the deeper truths that we long for them to. What we want to do is make sure before we put a message out, that it is Christ coming through this. It can be and is a powerful thing. About four years ago, I, I started a Facebook, actually my students started a Facebook account for me. And uh, what I started to do was I began probably like most people do, I simply typed what I was doing that day, which is right up there with, you know, torture. 
And then every once in a while, I'd put in, I was a chaplain for the Michigan State University football team. That's where uh, Jesus went to school. I think I forgot to tell you that earlier. And I would post things about practice or about the sidelines or things like that. And one day when I was praying, I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart. And so I put that up. And later in the day, I looked and it had 400 likes. And I was surprised, all my others, 20, 30, something like this. And I didn't quite get the message. What I began to do is sometimes post uh, uh, my thoughts on what's going on in society because, you know, here's the thing, no one's doing that, right? There's just nobody out there expressing their opinions about the politics and the world situation. There's just nobody out there filling that need for opinions. I was adding to the noise. That's what struck me. I was adding to the noise. I was calling things wrong, and certainly I believe I was right about them being wrong, if I may, but I wasn't introducing people to who taught me it was wrong, to who taught me what is right, who showed me what love is. And in the end, within a, it took the Lord a little while because uh, I can be stubborn, it struck me, and each morning that I can, I try to make sure it's something I, I felt like the Lord said, I post a simple message, talk to the boss, and then I relay what I felt like I heard the Lord say that day, or something from Scripture. I can't tell you, and I mean this, how many emails I get every day from people I've never met thanking me. This is what hope does. This is what love does. This is what joy does does. It draws people. It points them to the one who gives us life with a capital L. I had to swallow my pride, swallow my abject conviction that the world desperately needed my opinion, and let it be Christ who comes through. It can be a profound island of peace for people surrounded by this loud, angry society we live in. And we can do this not just with Facebook or Twitter, but with our interactions with people at the store, with our interactions with people we work with, that our words and our actions show them that they are worth all of Christ's blood and all of his breath. That there are few things we can, there is nothing, pardon me, we can communicate to people that is better for them than Christ himself. Our personality is the gift God gave us. And I hope we see that it's an answer to someone's prayers. That before you were born, there were people praying, people you've never met probably, for certain things that our society or our world needs. And you were God's answer to that prayer. I'm not asking us to swallow our personality. Christ created that personality, and he will use it for his glory. What I'm asking us to do is make sure that the primary message we convey with that personality is that Jesus Christ is the answer, that it is a relationship with Christ which will bring people the liberation they longed for and they hoped for. In the earliest and darkest days of the church, the days when Christians suffered confiscation, torture, imprisonment, and death, their circumstances were by any rational standard wretched, yet they were filled with joy and they were filled with hope. There is a quality to the presence of Christ in our hearts that transcends our experiences and our environment. 
when we talk about happy. It's a Latin word, hap. It means uh, circumstance. It's where we get the word happen or happenstance. But when we talk about joy, it is that which transcends our circumstances. That however fearful the situation around us and about us seems, Jesus Christ is present with us. And so we can endure and find joy in anything. Joy is a conviction that Christ has won, that we are running the clock out with style, in the words of Archbishop Vigneron. When we talk then about hope, that too is what we're communicating with our message. Hope, not that our circumstances will change, although they might, but hope that we can cling to Christ and in that find life. Brothers, sisters, you have been given a great gift, and you give a great gift in return. The ability to communicate and to share the faith is not one you should ever take for granted. I invite you and I challenge you in the same way I invite and challenge myself. Let God's Holy Spirit make us saints. Saints who communicate Christ and all we say and do. That in a world which is, again, filled with noise and anger and fear, we can be islands of peace, islands of Christ's presence, salt for the earth, light for the world. Amen? Hey, Stephen. Hello. Thanks for coming back on the podcast again. Seems like we're talking to you a lot lately. That's my pleasure. <laughs> so uh, what can people, readers of the St. Louis Review, look forward to seeing this week and coming up? Well, this week our Living Our Face section was entitled The Steward of Stewardship of Sacred Spaces. And Dave, Luke, Dave Luking took a look at what the church does as far as getting a church that has been closed, in this case, Visitation St. Anne Shrine Parish and what, what the church does with some of the sacred items, the statues and the altar and the windows and everything like that. And really what they do is they, they reuse all of them because we try and be good stewards of everything and that includes our items that, that people in a lot of cases have paid for 100 years ago as parishioners of that parish and we try and reuse them as much as possible. Some items do have to be destroyed but it's looking at how we are good stewards of of everything in it, even in a closed church and there are cool things about like the the altars and the, the sacramental aspects of that and how those have to be taken care of and certainly there's there's all sorts of canonical you know requirements right. for for those sorts of things but in general you know this is this is also just talking about like you know what happens to the statue of of the blessed mother you know well then there's a, a parish or a chapel that's looking for a new a new statue and then we can we can reuse that great so what else is in the review then? Um, so next week, what we're working on is we're working on a piece on welfare. About a year ago, the state of Missouri changed some of the requirements for the temporary assistance for needy's families, or TANF, and we're kind of looking at how that's been impacting some of the people uh, that live well below the poverty line in Missouri. Um, so it'll be a kind of number-driven piece, but we're trying to talk to some people that you know have experienced that and get their, their impressions on that. Well, that's an important issue, too. It impacts a lot of people, a lot uh, of families. Absolutely. You know, and at the very heart of social justice, Catholic social justice teaching, you know, is caring for our, for our members who are less well off. 
Um, another thing that we're working on for the October 17th issue is our annual senior living issue, and that's the way that we look at how um, how our elderly Catholics can continue to live out their faith in whatever their situation is. So we have a lot of profiles and a lot of different, you know, advice for programs and stuff like that to keep active and, and continue living their faith. And again, if people don't get the printed version, they can access it online, singlesreview.com. That is correct. And they need to get a subscription, right? They, they need <laughs> to get a subscription. There is a, uh, there's a subscription, and you do have a benefit for subscribing if you're online. You can get access to all of our stories over the past, uh, I think about a past 10 or 11 years you can have access to that if you're a subscription if you are not subscribed go to stnewsreview.com slash subscribe great thank you steven thank you gabe thank you for listening to this episode of the catholic gateway podcast we always welcome story tips and ideas for the podcast just send them to communications at archstl.org that's communications at archstl.org Make sure to connect with us on social media to stay up to date with what's going on here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Archdiocese of St. Louis. We're on Twitter, at ArchSTL is our handle there, at ArchSTL. And we're on Instagram, at CatholicSTL. And you should follow the St. Louis Review there on Facebook. Also, Twitter and Instagram under the handle, at St. Louis Review. That's St. Louis Review. The Catholic Gateway Podcast is a production of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. We hope you'll join us again next time here in the Gateway to the West, the Rome of the West, Catholic St. Louis. Music